This is Will Ford from Football 365, and you're listening to At the Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. What's up, everyone? You're listening to At the Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. And today, the Premier League is back, everyone. Finally, it's been a long, long time, but it's back. Today, us three, we're going to be discussing everything about the return and what it means for Chelsea. We're going to be talking about the club before the suspension, after the suspension, what would be the success for this end of season run-in, and so, so much more. So here are your hosts all the way from the UK, Mikey, Berth and Chris. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. I'm your host, Mikey, and joining me today are the Sutton to my Shearer, the Pires to my Henri. It's Berth and Chris. How are we all doing today, lads? Hello. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, mate. I love that introduction, to be honest. Um, <laughs> you've never seen me play football. Chris has. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm like any of those players, but Chris certainly is. Chris, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, that's Back basic. Yeah, yeah, basic. <laughs> Chris, Chris can be the Shearer, because, you know, world class when he was. And you, Berth, can be Sutton when he was at Chelsea, if you fancy that. Uh, well, uh, I'd rather not be that, to be honest. <laughs> so, so what? Well, we've had a fair few amount of listens in the last two episodes, which has been brilliant. We appreciate it. So, yeah, that's that's a good little shout out to the listeners there. Um, how are you? What have you been up to? Much? Have you been up to much, lads, recently in the week that's uh, that's gone? Uh, well, I've I've been working. Um, oh. I've been flat out the past three three four days. It's just been brilliant, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this podcast and I'm looking forward to football finally being back on our screens. It's going to be good. Yeah, same. Uh, I end a bit of football now, so that's exciting. Now we're allowed. Well, same. So am I. Me and Chris are both playing six metres, uh, not six metres, two metres apart, obviously. But yeah, me and Chris are both playing football again and I'm loving it. Uh, Nice, nice. I'll, I'll have to keep an eye out see if there's any Sunday league that I can embarrass myself with and sign up. But the only thing I've been, I've, to be fair, I've been watching MTV Cribs Football to Stay Home. Don't know if any of you have seen it so far. Um, funnily enough, no, I haven't. I've never even heard of it, to be honest. Well, I, I, it's got David Luiza in a future episode, but I've only seen the first two episodes so far and I'm quite hooked. I mean, so far, Bamiang is probably my favourite because he comes across as like a really down-to-earth and just a great person to be around. And it was like, yeah, and his house is pretty nice as well, you know. There's been, I'm sure, if any listeners have seen it, Jesse Lingard's house looks pristine, but it looks like one of those houses where if you you wouldn't take anything in that you could knock over or spill because you would stain the carpets or something. There's, there's a lot of cream-coloured items in that house that I feel that I would just damage. I'm known to knock drinks over, so I'm like... I, I couldn't live in that house. It would give me too much anxiety. It really would. <laughs> it really would. But yeah, we're on that. The Premier League is back off. As you said, after a long hiatus, it has returned. By the time this goes out, you'll have already enjoyed four games, which to future-proof the episode, I'm going to say now, wow, what a game, lads. Norwich Southampton was. I mean, it was incredible stuff. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're going to be uh, breaking down the return of the league and what it means for Chelsea. But first, we're going to head into the newsroom. Yes, this is a feature that shall be staying and see what the latest goings on are at uh, Stamford Bridge. So play the tune. So the first bit of news, I'm going to run with the, the Timo Werner line. The Leipzig striker will not be playing in the Champions League ahead of his expected Chelsea move. This was going around the past week. It's probably all official and confirmed now. Sky Sports are running with it as well now. Uh, 
August Champions League is back in its its own little format. It's going to do that quarterfinal, semi-final and final in um, Portugal. So if Chelsea probably won't be in there, let's be honest. Bayern Munich are on form and they destroyed us when we played them last. So, yeah. But yeah, it looks like uh, Werner wants to get hit the ground running at Chelsea. So he's not going to be partaking in the Champions League. Your thoughts on that, guys? Any in particular? Yeah, like I said last week, I just sort of want it to be over the line now and, and finalised. It's clear that he's not going to be at Leipzig any longer. Chelsea is his destination, we believe. So let's just announce it and sort of get things going. I'm excited to have him at the bridge. Same. I, I don't blame him for not wanting to play for Leipzig in the Champions League, to be honest. Because if you think he's moving, he's moving not only team, but he's moving country as well. So he will need some time to settle. And he's probably thinking long term rather than short term. I can't really blame him for that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I mean, when that news came out, that it, it, it pretty much, I know, yeah, you want it signed off. I can totally agree because you start to worry yourself and think, is it going to happen? Is it, you know, you worry if it's going to be hijacked or whatever. It, it's most likely not going to happen. It's not going to be hijacked. It, he's coming to the bridge. He's going to be a fantastic addition. And yeah, it, like you said, he, he wants to get and hit the ground running. And, you know, I'm sure he probably wants a holiday as well, if he's able to, depending on what the uh, circumstances are with flights and everything. But yeah, next bit of news. There's only two bits this week. And it was Chelsea event of talks for Brentford's side Ben Rama. I'm a big fan of this guy. I think he's a top, top talent. Uh, 24-year-old Algerian winger, plays on the right side. You can sort of see who he will be replacing. It's most likely Willian and Pedro, because obviously then are most likely going to be off in the summer. So yeah, what, what are your thoughts on this particular? He looks like he'll probably be picked over Jane Sancho due to cost reasons, I'd say, I'd imagine. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I, I really like Ben Rama. He really reminds you of uh, how Mares used to be and how Mares is now. Um, obviously not at the same level as Mares yet, but he, there's definitely talent there. Never know what he's going to do, unpredictable. And, you know, it's something that Chelsea needs. We have been often criticised for being too predictable and Ben Rahm is a player that can sort of make something out of nothing. So it'll be a great addition, and especially at 15 million, which is a bit of a steal, really. Chris, I don't know how you feel about it, but that's uh, that's my thoughts. Yeah, I agree with you, Berth, to be fair. I think he's one of those sort of X-factor players where if you, if you watch highlight reels and things, some of the outrageous skills and things he's tried for Brentford... He's, he's an incredible player and 15 million for someone who would probably be quite happy to come in and be a squad player at his level I think it is a steal yeah agreed yeah yeah 100% I mean people will go I to championship player but I could list off so many names that took that step up and they excelled again in the Premier League Tim Cahill went from Millwall to Everton Jolien Lescott Wolves to Everton I mean you could even go and say Gareth Bale Southampton to Spurs Theo Walcott he went to Arsenal, you know, Oxley chamberlain as well, another Southampton to Arsenal. And even more well-known, you, of course, Joe Gomez, you know, mm, looking yeah. at him, he went from Charlton to Liverpool. And yeah. wow, you know, they've all hit the hit the Premier League ground run. I'm using that a lot this, this episode. I'm going to have to turn that down. But yeah, you're spot on. I mean, his stats, his season so far before the championship resumes. So it's going to be resuming today. So these stats could be old already. But 34 appearances, 10 goals, 8 assists. 105 successful dribbles. That's over 55% dribble success rate, a 77.7% pass accuracy. You know, he's a top, top talent. And, you know, if you type in, welcome to Chelsea, side Ben Rama, um, you know, you get some good little music going on in the background. You get to see some incredible skills. Of course, naturally, I worry, he, is he going to be like Tarapt, who was top, top class in the championship, but 
wasn't in the Premier League. I hopefully not. But yeah, he's a great alternative, much cheaper than Sancho. And yeah, like you said, squad player, which, you know, we've got, we need that depth. Not everyone can start, as we said last week. There's so much to, you know, with our team. But, you know, squad depth's good. He's a good little talent. So hopefully, yeah, he'll be a, a Chelsea player soon. So this little section was actually recorded after the podcast. We'd obviously, we'd uh, recorded our episode. Timo Werner, the deal was agreed officially. Chelsea sent a tweet out. They said, we have some Timo Werner news for you. So that got us all really excited. Timo Werner, Chelsea have reached an agreement with RB Leipzig to sign the German striker. Going off the official webpage, the 24-year-old, he's agreed terms with the Blues. He'll remain at the German club for the rest of the Bundesliga season. He's going to be linking up with the Chelsea team in July, subject to passing a medical exam. Matt Law from The Telegraph has reported that the uh, the 24-year-old, he signed a five-year deal with the Blues. It's worth just over £170,000 a week. Absolute big statement signing. It's finally over the line. We can all breathe a sigh of relief. It is going ahead. So we've already said so much on Werner. We're so excited to have him at the club, but we just felt it was appropriate to stick this in the news section just to keep it up to date, you know, with big, important news. So there is your Timo Werner update. Timo Werner is officially a Chelsea player. Yeah, that pretty much ends our weekly news section. You can obviously keep up to date with all the latest Chelsea news via our Twitter page as always. So this is it, everyone. The Premier League is back. And like British band take that said, hopefully back for good. We left the Premier League with nine fixtures left to play, four at home and five away trips. Now, with a topic like this, there is a fair amount to cover, but we aren't going to bore you with several hours of content. Our voices just going on and on. It's going to be short, but still informative. They're going to be good sections. Um, got six sections. You've got number one, we're going to talk before suspension, then the after suspension. What would be success for Chelsea? How has the club reacted to the lockdown and during? Key players with the end of the season running and obviously our predictions for the end of the season. That's going to be great, I'm sure. So, number one, we'll go into the first section before the suspension. First up, where were we? Where were Chelsea? Well, it, when the league suspended on the uh, 13th of March, the January window had come and gone. There were no signings. Then in the month of February, Ziyech, he was confirmed. He signed up for the 2021 season. But our, our place in the table was a worry. We were we were inconsistent. And, you know, I'm sure Berth can vouch for the defeat at home against United in February was a uh, cause mm. for concern. Remember when we Massive. could go to pubs? That was, that was a nice time. You know, you know that was food. the one time where I didn't want to be at a pub, to be honest. That was an awful experience. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was an experience. That was definitely the case. But victories over Spurs and Everton showed we were not going to give up our top four spots so easily. Kepper had regained his spine goal. Giroud and Pedro were firing all cylinders. And the Scottish Zavi himself, Billy Gilmore, was showcasing why he should be in starting in that eleven. But... Lads, I'm going to ask, did this self-imposed break come at a bad time or not for Chelsea? Chris, I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, I don't think it made a lot of difference to us. I think the main team in the league who didn't want the, the stoppage was Liverpool. But outside of that, I mean, if you look at our form going into the break, it was sort of win one, lose one, draw one, win one, lose one, draw one. So we were sort of staying with that sort of inconsistent form that we've had most of the season. So I don't think there was a good or bad time for it for us. The good thing about it would be, I think our squad was starting to struggle with injuries. So if anything, the break's probably done us good. No, I totally agree with that. I think um, I th I th we were hitting a, bit, a good bit of form before the lockdown. 
But I think Chris is right. It's sort of it didn't really affect us as much as say you Liverpool's who are really sort of so close to the league. It's really stuck their momentum. Um, it, it might affect certain players like Billy Gilmore, who's just got into the team, just got a good run of form, really doing well. Players like Giroud, Barkley showing good signs of form. You know, those players it might affect, but in a way, it's good that we've got Pulisic back now. We've got Lattice Cheek back now. We've got a bit of a regroup, and I think everyone's in the same boat. Really, it's so, almost like a clean slate. It really is like a mini league now. I don't think home and away advantages matter anymore at the minute with no fans. So it, it really is a clean slate for us, and I think we really need to push on now and get well, some mental players in the top four. Yeah, hundred percent. There. I mean, we, obviously, you had the the Everton game. We were we were really good in that. I must admit, compared to when we played them as well in the uh, reverse fixture, we were so so. We, we just looked good. I mean, that was the thing that was mm. so great. And Barkley as well. That's kind of where I'm sort of sitting on this. I feel a little bit sorry for Ross Barkley because he sort of is one of them players where he gets momentum. And yeah. he needs to keep that momentum going. And once there's a bit of a stop-start, whether it's injuries, out the team for whatever reason, it kind of hampers him a little bit. And we was trying, we were starting to see the best from him. So that's a bit of a shame for me on that level. But yeah, I think... It's come at a, a good time, the self-imposed break, purely the injury side, which we'll yeah. we obviously will touch on. But yeah, I mean, we've got pretty much a fully fit squad. I think there's one or two. I think, was it hudson Adoy might not feature or I can't remember. There's a couple of I think it was hudson Adoy. yeah. hudson Adoy. I think, might be out. Um, I'm not sure about who else. Yeah, it's a bit of a crazy, I don't know. I think Reese James as well. Yeah, I think so, Reese James is definitely a doubt, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting. That's that's mm. the case. I mean, it's come at a great time for Loftus Cheek and Pulisic because they're going to be yeah. they're going to be up to hopefully full fitness and yeah, we're going to have to wait and see on it. I mean, a lot of players have benefited from this um, who were in the injuries. So yeah, that's kind of before suspension. I don't think there's really much to touch on. Obviously, you've got the it's not Premier League related, but the Bayern game. So yeah, we kind of see that as a, a throwaway when we do play the second leg, you know, negative, but realistic. Mm. So yeah, we'll, we'll jump into the second, uh, second mark and that's after suspension. So what about after suspension? Well, the break, it's it probably, as we've mentioned, well, myself, not the momentum we had picked up with those wins against Spurs and Everton. It's just me being honest, but we had a fair few players out with the injuries, key players at that as well. I mean, we had Kovacic, he's arguably our player of the season. Christian Pulisic, mm. Loftus-Cheek and Kante. We've obviously had the news of Giroud and Willy Caballero extending their deals. William and Pedro likely leaving this summer. Whether they're going to sign on for after the contracts end at the end of June, it's anyone's guess. I mean, you may have heard some more when this goes out. You may not have. I mean, that's, that's completely up in the air. We have no idea with that. And obviously the, the signings of Ziyech and Timo Werner. Where, where do you feel... Chelsea currently with the league about to return though how do we feel that where we're at are we in a good place now with the injuries and everything I think yeah I think we are fourth place it's always good to look at the table and see us in fourth um, Pulisic being back great great um, bit of news last of cheek as well I think he'll be a fantastic addition to our side um, it's a difficult one really because like I said earlier it's it's a bit of a clean slate for everyone and you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes, who's training well, <laughs> who's had coronavirus, who's been affected by that. It's it's a bit of a strange one, a bit of an unknown at the moment. I think we'll know more after the first game. Hmm. But the minute we're fourth, we played well before the break. It, it, we've got players back now. 
it's looking good, but you, you don't know at the minute. You just don't know. Chris? Yeah, I'll say. But I think one thing I'm hoping is some of the younger players we've had, like Mason Mount, Tommy Abraham. Abraham, I think, was struggling with an ankle injury before the break. Yeah, yeah and it then was, yeah. If you look at Mason Mount, some of the other younger players, Tamori, they started the season so well, but they were starting to look fatigued, like the level of the Premier League and the intensity of it was starting to get to them and their form sort of dropped off. So hopefully if the, if the break's done them well, they can come back with the enthusiasm they had at the start of the season when we was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's fair. I mean, Berth's mentioned it already, playing with no crowds, I think it could benefit us in a way because, you know, one, our form away was better than our form at home, which is still strange to say. So it's like, okay. Mm. But it's not so much that. I mean, playing with no crowds, many of our players in the first 11 are academy graduates. Now, you know, sadly, these academy games, they don't attract the biggest of crowds. So that lack of atmosphere, our lads will be, they'll be quite used to playing under those sort of conditions in a way. So yeah. I, and you, you are often, it's strange because you sometimes think, does the crowd impact the game? Well, of course it does. You know, would a goalkeeper run out of his goal, rush out of his goal if there's not 50,000 people cheering behind him? Possible, possibly not. I feel like it's going to actually benefit players like Barkley, Mount as well, and Tammy, especially the ones that obviously grew up for our academies. I know all players grow up for academies, but, you know, point being. I, I think it's we're going to definitely see, we've got to see how the first game goes before we judge it, you know. Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on that. But the injuries, yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, Kovacic, we needed him. And the fact that he got had those few knocks, he is our player of the season. I can't see in the next nine games anyone taking that crown away from him, unless Tammy obviously goes and scores 10, 15 goals. Never know. Mm. But I think Kovacic has sealed that award straight away. Pulisic, again, he was brilliant in the games that he did play. Unfortunately, he had those injuries. He seems to be back. Loftus-Cheek, he just needed match fitness you know he wasn't up to speed but again nobody else is now up to speed so that could benefit him Kante we we, we start 100% it's been a bit of a difficult year for him really with fighting off injuries but we'll have to see you know he's only been able to start 16 Premier League games so far he's turned 29 obviously he had a he had a good World Cup he needed a rest maybe that's what's probably got him the injuries it's hard to say really so so yeah that's kind of how I see it after suspension um, third, third section, what would be success? Now, this is the key question, I feel. What would be seen as success? So we're going to dive right into this. Um, what would be a successful end to the season? We, I think we have to get top four. We've, we've pretty much been top four the whole season. And I think to drop out and not get Champions League would be a bit of a kick in the teeth. Um, obviously, it's weird circumstances that we're under at the moment, but... I still feel we're good enough and we should get top four. And I think that would be a very successful season. If we can get into a final of the FA Cup, that'd be great as well. Obviously, Champions League's a write-off. We're not going to get passed by Munich. But I think if we get top four, semi-final, final of the FA Cup, brilliant, brilliant season. Yeah, I agree with you, Beth. I think top four, considering we've had fourth for so long, it would be disappointing not to hold on to that now. Although, yeah. if, if fifth is a Champions League spot, I mean... As long as you're in the competition, it won't really matter at the end of the season. Four, four, yeah. fifth. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Well, you the got... FA Cup final, I'd like to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's fair. I mean, like you said, obviously the Champions League, 
we've got the second leg to play in in Germany, scheduled for the seventh or the eighth of August. We're three 0 down. Yeah, it, yeah, three away goals. We could do it. We could scrape through and get four. Four against Bayern at the Allianz. I think that's an extremely big ask. I think that'd be the mo- one of the greatest comebacks of all time. But, you know, we did it once against Napoli. Obviously, slightly different opposition this time. Bayern are in incredible form. They've just lifted their eighth title in a row. Yeah, it's that's that's incredible, you know. Um, FA Cup. Yeah. Leicester. It's at Leicester. Again, home advantage. Doesn't really play into anything. But... I feel with Werner close to joining for the 53 million, Ziyech due to arrive from Ajax, and obviously Lampard's keen to sign Leicester's Ben Chilwell. We can't afford to miss out on the Champions League qualification. I totally agree. You know, the job is far from done. But with Lampard's side three points above fifth placed uh, Manchester United at the time recording, could be above fourth fourth place. Uh, Two points above fifth place Sheffield United if they win the game in hand against Villa. Uh, five clear of Wolves, you know, we've we've often struggled to kill off teams, especially at home. And this season we have probably shipped too many soft goals. So we need to be more calm, more focused in the defence and have greater precision in the attack. How many times have we created all those chances and come away with one goal or none? You know, for Lampard, the challenge is going to be demonstrating he has used the time off to devise a more coherent tactical plan. Um, yeah, that's kind of our seat with the Premier League. I mean, we have probably got our two big major signings. So you could argue top four was going to attract them. Uh, Yeah. You don't want to be in Europa League, you know, it's an all right competition, but you want to be in the top four, the Champions League. Yeah. We're also in the FA Cup, obviously, as I said, but, you know, let's not let too many games spiral out of control and, you know, fatigue and all that. It's so much to unpack really, because we don't know how it's going to impact on the fitness levels and everything else, but everyone else is in a similar position. So yeah, I think top four and FA Cup final would be, Perfect. I don't know what you think on that. I think that's pretty. Realistic. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, yeah. So yeah, number number four, number four. It's how has the club reacted to the lockdown? So stepping away from the Premier League and the, the games themselves for a moment, you know, I feel we should praise about how the club has reacted to the ongoing pandemic that has obviously unfortunately hit the globe during during such a truly tough situation that everyone was going through at the same time the positives they're, they're so important you know they bring hope they bring light and remind us all of the the good that humanity can do for one another obviously this week marcus rashford incredible i spoke about this on the uh, twitter account and my personal uh, what a role model incredible what he did for the, the school meals absolutely great but back to the the chelsea element chelsea we've played an active role in the community since the outbreak uh, opened up the Millennium Hotel on the Stamford Bridge Stadium site to NH staff. We teamed up with the domestic abuse charity Refugee to help provide support for people forced to self-isolate in vulnerable situations. Amazing, amazing, incredible work from the club there. And obviously the players also donated money to enable the Chelsea Foundation to help those in need during the crisis. So I'm sure I'm speaking for us all, but I still ask it, are you guys as proud of our club's reaction and response as I clearly am? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been absolutely fantastic. And a big shout out as well to Marcus Rashford, who's done an amazing job recently with everything that's gone on. Um, so shout out to him. But yeah, we've Chelsea have always had a reputation of, you know, being this and that. And I think it's been very unfair sometimes the criticism we've had. But throughout this whole thing, and Abramovich has been fantastic. The club has been incredible. And it, it makes me so proud to be a Chelsea fan. And, you know, I think I can speak for every Chelsea fan that says we love our club and we love what they've done throughout this whole old virus situation 
Yeah, I would echo those sentiments. I think Abramovich deserves a lot of credit for agreeing to support a country that wouldn't even let him in at one point. Yeah. What? Mm. Yeah, that's a shout. Definitely a good shout there because, you know, we we won't we don't go too into politics on this uh, podcast because you know we try we try not to. You know, so <laughs> politics always causes huge huge divide and argument because you know someone's always you know we know we all know but yeah. yeah exactly what you said about Roman he's been just as incredible with how his reaction with the club and yeah it's been it's been fantastic to see really you know we're so proud every fan is proud about our response and yeah I think it's been a clear example about how Chelsea have done it the right way you know obviously no furloughing of staff none of none of what's been causing problems other clubs have been criticised for. We've been we've been solid as a club, which is absolutely fantastic. So, last two sections. Told you it wouldn't be uh, we wouldn't be droning on. We're getting to those key points. So, talking of key points, key players. Great little uh, segue I've done there. Uh, back, back, back to the football or soccer, as our fantastic American listeners would say. We we look at our key players going forward for these remaining fixtures in both the Premier League and obviously we're going to look at the FA Cup a little bit. Uh, who are going to be these standout stars that will get us over the line in the top four race? So who are you seeing as the uh, the key players? Well, I'll go straight to Chris for this one. I think the main two, I've been critical of Kante this year, but he has had injuries for the first time in his career, really. So I think that really affected his form because of how he plays. But if he's back fully fit and he can get back to the form of last season, I think that would be a massive boost for us. And I think Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I don't think we get goals from central midfield and we haven't all season. And Loftus-Cheek gets goals and I think he'll really add a sort of dynamism to our attack. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, th- I think Loftus-Cheek, especially under Lampard, will, will flourish now that he's uh, he's fully fit. Pulisic as well, you know, he started off really well this season for hat-trick against Burnley and, you know, goals against Watford. Um, and I think for me, Billy Gilmore's looked so good before this break. And I think if he keeps playing, he's only going to get better and better. And he's a real real superstar in the making, to be honest. I think he's just going to be an incredible star for Chelsea in the future. Um, I think Kovacic as well, obviously, like you said, Mike, player of the season so far for us. So he's going to be vital. And I think as well, I think Kepa, you got to keep an eye on him because he's really got to prove himself now. You know, Lampard has been taught so he doesn't like him and, and this and that. So it's going to be a real big nine games for Kepa and see how he performs and hopefully if he performs like he should do he'll he'll be at Chelsea next season Mm, yeah I mean it's a big this is going to be a huge time for Kepa especially I I, you know he had his obviously his his knockbacks obviously we could form Mm. and you know everything else he's kind of you know I tweeted it out on Wednesday because obviously that's when we recorded a fantastic friend of the show Will Ford he did an article on Football 365 about the big six players facing a mini season fight for their future and he picked Kepa as the one for Chelsea totally agree he's got to prove himself in these next nine Premier League games because otherwise Lampard's going to have those serious questions and doubts of should I bring in a new goalkeeper because as we know a goalkeeper is the difference between winning a title or not you know look at Alisson look at Edison Simple mm. as that. How many points did Petr Cech probably save us from? 
in the uh, past seasons that we've won the title with him in goal. It's as simple as that. Uh, another one that sticks out for me is is going to be Tammy Abraham. You know, he did struggle yeah. with an ankle injury before the league suspension, but he seems to have shaken that off now. We've seen some great videos of him online with his training regime, so that looks good. And his link-up play as well will be absolutely crucial. You know, you've got the returning injured players like Kovacic, we've mentioned, and Pivacic. You know, they're going to be the standout picks that I'll be keeping an eye on, as well as Kepa. Uh, Pivacic, you know, before those injuries, he was showing why we spent the money we did on him. Kovacic, player of the season. And let's be honest, when we didn't have Kovacic in the side, we missed him so much. I mean, he was, he's just such a key element yeah. to our side. As simple, as simple as that. Yeah. Is there, there any any final thoughts on the, the key players going in? Or, or shall, shall we move on to those predictions? To be honest, again, it's just we're in such an unknown period of football that it, it could be anyone. It could be a young player. You know, it could be an Andorian that sort of pops up because someone's not there because he's ill or self-isolating and he could perform for us. So it's, I think everyone's in the same boat, really. There could be players that you don't expect to perform that will. Um, and it, yeah, we're in an unknown period and I just want to see how it pans out, really. Yeah, fair, fair point. I mean, section six is end of season predictions. You know, we've come to our final section of our breakdown and that is the wild and fun world of predictions. So I was about to jump on our fixtures, but I've just seen some breaking news and um, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, is it about Pedro? It is. It is about Pedro. Uh, the Athletic are reporting that he's unwilling to play for Chelsea after agreeing a, the move to Roma. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting. It's a bit of a shame, mm. you know, and, and funnily enough, Willian is apparently more than happy to fill out the season. So that's going to be interesting with the fans, see if they react to Pedro as they have, if Willian would have done that. So that's going to be an interesting, uh, yeah, you, you said about a youngster stepping up. This could be the perfect time. Really, really Yeah, good. definitely, definitely. So, yeah, let's look at those fixtures though. We'll see who will be facing in the league. We've got, we've got Villa away. Then we've got Man City at home, West Ham away, Watford at home, Palace away. Sheffield United away, Norwich at home, Liverpool away, and then we finish at the bridge against Wolves. Lads, those fixtures, let's jump in and share our thoughts. Now, for me, looking at the stats and results from other leagues, I think it kind of shows home advantage does not play such a key role as it once did, likely due to the lack of fans. So those trips to Liverpool and Sheffield United, I don't feel be much of a problem as they would have once been. What, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I'm quite happy to play. Liverpool, Sheffield United and Crystal Palace behind closed doors because their fans play a massive part in their performances on the pitch, especially at Anfield and especially Crystal Palace where we've struggled before. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I mean, obviously you've got Man City, Liverpool and Wolves who I think will be going for top four come the end of the season. Tough away games, but again, will they matter? I don't know. Um, I'd... It's so hard to predict what's going to happen. It almost feels like we're in the championship at the moment where I feel anyone could beat anyone. Yeah. Uh, um, it's so, so strange. I'm hoping to get... I don't think we'll beat Man City. I don't think we'll beat Liverpool. But I think we could beat the rest of them. But I'm not... I'm, mm. I'm, that, that is very, very tentative, to be honest. I, I Do you think, think it's going to depend on what Liverpool are doing, though? Yeah, that's very true. time Liverpool play us, they should have already won the league. So... Klopp might take that as an opportunity to bed in some players for next season and have a look at some other players. I'm hoping. Mm. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah. I, yeah, Liverpool don't have anything to play for. You know, they're at the FA Cup. They're at the Champions League. The Premier League's done. 
I mean, they, they're going to win it. Fair play. They've been the best team by far. You know, you could argue where they want to get the points um, record from City. They could, I think, 104, 108 they can get or something. It's quite an something insane like, Yeah. Yeah. I, I still don't think they're going to... They, of course, they want to they win, win every game that they play. Of course, every team does. But I don't think they're going to have that 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 momentum, so to speak, that to push them to want to beat us as much as we want to beat them because they'll have they'll have nothing to play for. And like Chris has just said, bedding in players for next season. Yeah. I, I think that's a very realistic shout. Wolves Wolves could have everything to play for on the last day of the season, so that could be a difficult fixture. Uh Norwich Norwich are probably going to be down by then. So yeah. Sheffield United again, similar to Wolves, what have they got to play for at that point? They could be going for that top four or Europe, whichever. And Palace, Palace, you never know. West Ham as well. I mean, how many times have we gone up against West Ham and lost? Especially yeah, when we're true. playing against them in their, their own backyard. It's it's quite a concern. It, it's they're gonna be there's some wild fixtures. Like you said, it's gonna be a really um a difficult one to see. We kind of gotta just sort of take it each day, each fixture as it comes, you know. But with this, with the predictions wise, I think top four, I think we have enough to achieve it. Simple yeah. as that you know it's in our own hands and that is always the best way to have it you know some tough fixtures of course on paper but again as we've said throughout this episode home advantage doesn't really exist you know we've seen it in first hand in the Bundesliga so and obviously Liverpool won't have anything to play for due to their inevitable title win so what what are the league position what do you think we're gonna we're gonna end with league position wise I'm gonna go and be positive and say we'll finish fourth I think fourth as well. Yeah, agreed, 100%. Uh, top five does mean likely, due to the City-UCL ban, is, it's going to be enough to qualify for the top European competition next season. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to wait and see on that, but it's probably going to be a little bit of a safety net. But talking of the, the Champions League, our Champions League journey so far this season, it's probably going to end with Bayern. It's highly unlikely we do manage to come back against them in the second leg. I can't imagine any of you disagreeing with me there. No, I think it could be about four or five in the second leg, if I'm honest. They're Not to us amazing. either. Definitely to Bayern Munich. Yeah. Yeah. They are looking incredible when I've seen them. They really, really have. Um, yeah. yeah. Our, our love affair with the FA Cup, it, it could and should continue. So a trip to Wembley is certainly on the cards, in my opinion. I mean, it's all about the draw, of course, but I just want to see us get to see the team walk out at Wembley in that lovely 50th anniversary kit. 50 years on from our FA Cup victory that we've obviously talked about in a previous episode. And it hasn't got as many listens as I feel it should. I mean, it's an incredible, incredible game, that first FA Cup. It's, it's, it's honestly worth a listen because, you know, I know we're all about modern times and modern Chelsea side, but that team from 1970, it was certainly something. And that FA Cup final was certainly something. It's worth a listen, trust me, just to sort of get your fix of Chelsea history. Um, FA Cup though what are your predictions on that side again it's obviously it's a raffle because we don't know if we do beat Leicester who are we going to play no one has a clue but what are your thoughts on the FA Cup I think uh, I'm going to go we get knocked out in the semi-final Ooh. oh no I know I've just got a feeling we won't get to the final Chris I think we'll beat Leicester to, to get to the semi-final and then I yep. think if I don't know I think if I prefer to, if, if you look at the fixtures, if, if it was Man United, Arsenal, and Man City, as it should be. Right, yeah. I think the only one I'd want to avoid is Man United. 
Yeah, it's a yeah, shout. yeah, that's an that's weird, that's isn't it? Considering, yeah, we're not. Yeah, to be fair, if if it was the Derby semi-final, so you had United City and Arsenal Chelsea, that'd be pretty cool. And mm. you know, whoever makes it, I would love a Chelsea Man City final just to sort of. You know, and, and then it to go to penalties and Willy Caballero comes on. He finally gets that moment. Penalty <laughs> shoots out. He saves them penalties. He gets it and, and Kepa just comes off and he goes, look, I was always going to come off. You know, it's, I just thought it was an injury thing and we could just all be like really happy under Lampard. You know, we'll all be like, ha, told you. It wasn't, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, it'd be, uh, that'd be the dream. We'll have to see. I mean, it's all about that draw. We, for all we know, Norwich could knock United out of the FA Cup and it's going to be an absolute crazy semi-final. Who knows? You know, it's the look of the, the love of the cup as well. So, yeah, with that, I feel we've come to the end of another episode of At The Bridge Pod. So where can our listeners find you on social media, guys? <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm uh, on Twitter. I'm at Chris Burford. And on Instagram, I am Burf underscore 94. Give me a follow. Give him a follow. Give me a follow. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Chris09 Adams, and I don't know my Instagram off the heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. You can you can find myself obviously on Twitter and Instagram as that redhead dude. I'm I'm often you might think I recognise that name. Yeah, you should. It's it's often read out on uh, the Totally Football Show. I seem to be getting a fair few questions in recently, which is nice. But uh, for all things at the Bridge Pod, you can find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for at the bridge pod so drop us a like a follow keep up to date on all things chelsea so next time listeners this is us signing off for chelsea fans everywhere this is the ultimate football app for you never miss a match with live commentary goal alerts lineups in-game stats and tv and radio links for over 100 leagues globally download the free cfc blues app now from the app store and google play